0: the mantra that my dad taught me, which is why not me? I feel like a lot of us count ourselves out of spaces before we even hear it through. And I think that maybe it has to do with confidence or whatever the case, but you're more prepared than you think you are. And like whatever celebrity or whoever you're like, oh, I want to be that person. Like you're once one or two steps behind. It's not like a great big gap. Like if you just put yourself out there and, and allow yourself to be vulnerable in those spaces, I feel like a lot of times that why not me mantra will
1: let you keep pushing and knocking those doors down. Hello, and welcome to About Time, the show where we have long overdue conversations about the journey of women in sports. I'm Marky Freeman athlete, author, a fan of sports, and an even bigger fan of the women who are changing them. Today's college student-athletes wear so many hats. Not only do they excel in school and sports, but they are thriving in so many other areas as well. From building their personal brands, navigating NIL, traveling the world, and advocating for social issues, these athletes are changing the sports landscape as we see it. Before we get into our interview, a quick word from we Coach. This interview is brought to you by WeCoach. Prior to Title IX, over 90% of women collegiate sports teams were coached by women. Today, over 50 years later, that number has decreased to 41%. That's why WeCoach launched Move the Numbers to help change the landscape for women coaches and the student-athletes they lead. WeCoach is a -a one-of-a-kind nonprofit membership organization Dedicated to recruiting, advancing, or retaining women coaches in all sports and levels through year-round professional growth and leadership development programs. WeCoach fosters a diverse and inclusive community of over 10,000 coaching leaders who inspire young women to follow in their footsteps. If she can see her, she can be her. Together, we move the numbers to support and increase women in coaching. We teach, we inspire, we motivate, we lead, we coach visit our website at wecoachsports.org. That's wecoachsports.org. Today's guest holds All-American status and has represented the U.S. national team. Committed to academic, athletic, and social excellence, she partners with like-minded brands. She also carries her family's deeply rooted USC legacy, all while being one of the top college soccer players in the country. Please help me welcome the incredible Simone Jackson.
0: Hi, I'm Simone Jackson, and it's about time that we uplift multifaceted
1: student athletes. Football and USC are a common denominator in the Jackson household, from your grandfather yeah. who coached at USC, your father who played football and baseball at USC, yeah. your brother played football at USC, and you played football, but the other football <laughs> at USC, the number one sport in the world. What does it mean to you to continue your family's legacy at this high of a level?
0: Oh, man, it's it's everything. Like my family is my why. So just to be able to be here and extend that legacy and and live up to like what they left behind, it it means pretty much everything to me.
1: Now we're going to get into your story because you have definitely made your own name. But I can only imagine that coming from a household with so many very talented athletes that sometimes you may have found yourself in the shadows and it probably comes with a lot of noise and a lot of hype. How do you handle that kind of pressure?
0: Man, it's, it's a lot. I mean, I committed to USC when I was a freshman in high school. So I was like, Oh, oh wow. So when I get there, I need to, I don't know. So I was, my brain was already running on like 1000 from such an early age. And like everything from like, even over COVID, when we were playing board games, everything's competitive in the house, like nothing, you're going to get easy, nothing you're going to get for free. <laughs> um, and my family is a testament to that. But you start to, you start to appreciate it even more in it because it shapes who you are. And, and it, affects your habits. So I'm looking back on it. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm so grateful for this.
1: And I know sports started for you generations before you, but talk a little bit about how it came about for you, how sports came about for you and how it has shaped you as a young lady.
0: I feel like sports, I was four years old when I first started playing soccer. And I vividly remember my coach being like, smell I'm like you scored too much. You can't pass the halfway line. And my family was like, ah, ah, that's enough. We're going to pull her out of this. We're going to put her (laughs) in club soccer. And so I was six and off to the races playing like three years above my age. So it definitely matured me faster than most, I feel like. And it's just become like a part of my identity. And I've grown over the years and it's provided me so much opportunity. So I'm really like all smiles, all great stories, especially because even my cousins, extended family, played soccer. So I remember watching them. I'm like, ooh, like I want my family to come out and give me some attention. And so that's that's where it all all began really.
1: A family affair. Yeah, I remember growing up, I come from a house full of boys. So you're gonna have to pray for me, Simone. I'm still recovering. But I was going to be an athlete if I was going to keep up with those guys. But what I didn't recognize was how much it was shaping me as a as a young girl and as a woman, Uh, just confidence and the boldness to deal with the things that I would have to face eventually, or just having this toughness about me or dealing with my first heartbreak with sports or unfairness and all of those things. And uh, I heard you share a short story about being a young girl and told you were scoring too much. How has that (laughs) shaped you and molded you into who you are now?
0: I feel like it's allowed me to question why certain things are are certain rules. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, let me push back on this. Like, my brothers wouldn't tolerate that. Like, let me, (laughs) let me push back on this. So anything that I feel like doesn't make sense that it, maybe it's not morally right or it's like like my old brother would not have this like I I'm standing up for it and I'm speaking up for it and that's kind of like what I'm known for now on my team I'm like oh, like someone to say it like don't worry like, <laughs> so I think but it's become a part of me and I'm so grateful for it because I oftentimes feel like when something's going really wrong I'm not the type of person to just let it go and uh I hold my tongue but that's allowed me to push back, push past barriers that have been up for so long.
1: Man, so many things we could talk about there. Um, Those are the marks of a, of a true qualities of a true, true leader. And from that, four-year-old young lady that was told to stop scoring goals to the six-year-old that started pushing back. And you ended up being number three coming out of high school in 2021. And now you're representing the national team. Uh, <laughs> it served you very, very well. But what are some of the the mental habits and routines that you've taken from your younger experiences to now your later experiences? And how is that serving you?
0: I started traveling really young. I, I was brought up to the youth national team when I was 14. And I was on the U15 youth national team cycle and went to Germany when I was so young. So I feel like the young experiences of being like comfortable and uncomfortable situations, like my teammates, my teammates are my new family instead of like my home base. And you're spending two weeks to a month away from home. And you're just like, okay, like you really have to sit in a quiet room and be like, okay, like, let me recenter my values. Who am I? What's gonna push me through this week? How am I going to get invited to the next camp? So like that's certain things I've been able to play the game from a really early age. And I think that's progressed with me as I
1: matriculated through the youth national teams and where I'm at USC right now. I mean, to me, you're you're one of the most multifaceted athletes in college sports today. And I mean, we could go all the way back to the earliest days, but we don't have enough time for that, Simone. <laughs> so I'm just going to list just a few of them um, because I know you're a very humble being, but I'm going to toot your horn just a little bit. We'll <laughs> go back to high school. You were the co-founder and co-president of the Black Student Union at your high school, voice and sports ambassador. You speak up for women in an effort to create equal opportunity. You are raising funds for equipment for your mother's school, full-time college student, college athlete, Nike athlete, not to mention national team player, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Why is it so important to you to be involved with programs and initiatives and brands like those I just mentioned a moment ago?
0: Oh, man, you're too sweet. I'd never say that out loud. <laughs> just like, <crazy laughs> I said it, me. everybody. <laughs>
1: I said it. I said it. <laughs>
0: um, I just I've always been big on like, if I can see it and I can change it, I'm going to do it. Um, wow. And if it's in within my, I guess, sphere of influence and I, I see that there's benefit in this space and I'm going to go add value where I can not try to too much overextend myself, but keep it within like what my arena and I've always been big on reaching my ladder of potential. So I think that if I didn't say yes to certain things, then I would regret it much more than, than saying yes and accepting the opportunity.
1: So I guess that's kind of my my North star. For those who have aspirations of achieving the things that you've achieved or mm-hmm. representing brands, like how do you manage the now? The now mm-hmm. in who Simone Jackson has to be at USC um, as a student? As an athlete, as the ambassador of brands, how do you how do you manage the future of what's coming next and so your goals and aspirations along with the responsibility, the business part of all of that, and still having fun at how old are you? You know, I'm 20. <laughs> at 20 years old, at the beautiful young age of 20 years old, how do you manage the now, the future, the business, and the fun while managing all of this? Like.
0: That's a good one. I, I feel like I always <laughs> lean back on obviously staying present and not letting the future tasks weigh me down too much. But what I feel like is, I guess, the overlying message to all of that is the mantra that my dad taught me, which is why not me? Like I feel like a lot of us count ourselves out of spaces before we even hear it through. And I think that maybe it has to do with confidence or whatever the case but you're more prepared than you think you are and like whatever celebrity or whoever you're like oh I want to be that person like you're not like you're once st- you're once st- one or two steps behind it's not like a great big gap like if you just put yourself out there and and allow yourself to be vulnerable in those spaces i feel like a lot of times that why not me mantra will
1: let you keep pushing and knocking those doors down that is so rich and that will give you the push you need to enter those spaces where you may have some of that imposter syndrome and question, right. what you're capable of. How has that empowered you in other in other environments?
0: I think that like a lot of times I'm like like have that imposter syndrome and I think, oh, well, like such and such is gonna be so much better at this. or And I'm like, okay, what's actual items that I can add to my game, add to academic piece, whatever it is arena that i'm trying to enter i think that you already work so hard and there's only like a
1: few separators and preparation pieces that's missing and i think that it's very doable I love it. And thank you for speaking so candidly. It's so important that young athletes, parents, and coaches hear this as well. So they understand the responsibility and the pressure that comes with managing all the things that a lot of athletes are managing nowadays in these in these large or these big roles and in, in these huge platforms. Absolutely amazing. Do you ever have moments, you know, humanly and rightfully so, do you ever have moments where you're just like, okay, like, this is a lot. And if you do have those moments, how do you regroup? Of
0: course. I mean, I, it happens to the best of us. I First, I take a deep breath, like breathing <laughs> <laughs> exercises. is real. Um, and thankfully, I'm close to home. So things that I always find, like help ground myself is maybe taking a visit to the beach by myself or going to the movies by myself or doing a bubble bath, whatever it is that like brings you joy and like you can integrate into your self-care steps. And it allows me to like step away from like the noise and really recenter and figure it out. Like what's bothering me and ask myself, okay, how can I change this? If I can't, how can I adjust what I'm doing to make myself not grr in that situation? So it's just (laughs) like, those are some like, three things that I'll keep in my back pocket that will always get me right back on track for the week.
1: Ah, I wish I figured that out when I was your age. I didn't <laughs> figure out self-care until well after you. So uh, I celebrate you for that. But it's so important to keep that in mind as high achievers because we can be so forward-focused on the next task or the next goal um, that we forget about actually taking care of ourselves mentally. So, so important. Now- Something that I, I I absolutely adore about you is what you stand for and what you represent. And you said it a moment ago, like, if you believe in it and you could do something about it, you are going to change it. Well, you have a way of making a point. So much <laughs> so that you went up a thousand feet and you jumped from the Sky Tower in New Zealand at the Women's World Cup. Oh, man. Which many would call crazy right? But with good reason. Why was it important to you to make such a bold jump?
0: It was so important because I knew that if I was up there, that they would listen to what statistics I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. So I knew that people on my team were not really feeling about a thousand foot jump. So I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go up there and see if, if they'll hear me from up here. And when I tell you when I was up there, I was stuttering my lines so much, but I finally got it. Everyone's looking at me. I'm like, I'm gonna get these lines off before I jump by a square. And it just it meant so much because when you're trying to be in those creative spaces, trying to get your message across, especially on social media platforms where people are like clicking what's most interesting and looks and looks and looks cool. So I was really happy that I got that opportunity and and I took it as scary as it was, but We definitely got a lot of viewership on that one.
1: So I was really proud. And why was that? So I want you to talk a little bit more about that and why it was so important to you.
0: Yeah, I just, I was so, especially the voice in sports message, I was so surprised that so many young girls drop out of sport at an alarming rate compared to like the male counterparts. I think that was just really just a sad statistic that I think a lot of people didn't know. And it really hit me in the core because I was just like, wow, like, if, and a lot of times it's not because of like, they don't want to play, which was what was so saddening about it. Um, and I was like, oh man, like if we could do just a little bit more then people could maybe end up at a world cup one day experiencing what I'm experiencing, getting to see like these sorts of opportunities and like the little special moments with your teammates that go way longer than just youth soccer and youth sports. So I was really saddened. And I think that's what drove me
1: to do what I did. It is an alarming stat and very disheartening. How do we continue to influence change in that realm? I think just
0: keeping it on the front part of people's minds. I think like making sure that we have, we're doing a a way better job, uh, I will say, but making sure like TV deals, like we got to get women's sports on screen we got to make sure, like, we can garner an audience and keep building facilities for women and and making sure, like, we say Title IX, we mean Title IX. Uh, so I think that is something that is super important. I would start with controlling the media.
1: That's a great place to start. And that's another tweetable as well. We said Title IX we mean title 9 i couldn't agree more now that's a special a special way to convey a message and get people's attention sometimes you just got to go all the way up to where this people was- are going to actually listen. And that was beautiful to watch. But let's talk about this for a moment because you are in your NIL bag. Okay? <laughs> you are in your bag. It's very much a business, very much a business. But how has this changed how you saw college sports or your college experience? Does it make it like when you enter college, has anything changed for you? How is it different?
0: Most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> I mean, it's it's an, it's a different ball game, but it also is so fun because there's so many new spaces that you can play with. And like the potential seems through the roof. Like you can take advantage of quite literally anything in this space. And I'm, I feel like I'm growing up faster because it's like, okay, you got agents, you got deals, you got brands. You're like, okay, social media, but you also, you know, you have your, your, your academics and your athletics, which is your core. And I, I feel like being at a place like USC where I've had my brother, my brother actually lives with Caleb Williams in his little penthouse. I'm like, oh, wow, like, and I can do some things, you know, so it's (laughs) like, it's like, you see the possibilities. And I feel like it's definitely changed, like, I guess, on team specifically, like the hunger to like, do things performatively in terms of like, getting on the camera which i feel like might be a a bit of a downside on that piece but i do understand where people are coming from because you know like you said nil could be a bag but i also want to bring out more so like the the messages of what certain brands are doing and like the movement and like kind of center it based off of positive change versus like quick money schemes sometimes so i was like i really like when that person and their values center with their brand. But it always
1: can't always be the case. But I I do hope for the NIL space that's what it becomes. And I, I like I said before, that's something that I absolutely love about you. You're so intentional about your partnerships and relationships. Like, is there anything specific that you look for when you're developing those partnerships?
0: I I feel like I I look at their history. I mean like I, I don't really need to like speak to you face to face to know like what you're about. I just got to look at what you've done in the past. And and I do a lot of research. I feel like I I, I look at certain campaigns. I'm like, okay, like what, have, what, are you, what are you guys about action-based before you tell me you love me and all this other great stuff? So I think that's a big piece of like, I guess my screening before <laughs> I
1: attach my name <laughs> to something, you know? Now, you probably didn't see this at a, at a younger age, but there are benefits to being younger. And you have an older brother who also went to USC. So have you guys had any conversations about NIL or compared NIL? And and how did that prepare you for the role that you're in right now?
0: Uh, I have to give it all to my older brother. He was the <laughs> guinea pig. That's what we call him, the <laughs> guinea pig. <laughs> We're in the same apartment complex. And like, although he wouldn't share his little dinners every night, uh, <laughs> we would he would like put me on, on so much. He actually helped me, uh, I was the first NIL athlete to sign to House of Victory, which is uh, the NIL collective here. And my older brother was the one that got me that. So I can't thank him enough. He's always been in my corner. He's always been the biggest supporter. We actually don't compare at all whatsoever, which I too love that about him. Um, He'll joke and be like, "Oh, where's my finder's feet?" But he'll never actually touch anything. <laughs> but I love
1: that. We keep it light. We keep it all up. So, do you have any new partnerships that are coming up? Anything that you're excited about, or any partnerships you would be interested in?
0: I am actually looking towards because uh, I I feel I'm relatively set with with Mikey. I love I do certain things with them every semester ish, uh, so that keeps me pretty busy. But um, I'm looking in the film space next, actually. I I am a, a semantic arts major. i the minor in screenwriting. So I want to, I want to do like, I got the athletic side. I want to move into the academic piece for all our, our film goers and, and maybe do
1: something in that space. So that's what I'm looking to next. Look at you just so multifaceted. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I would love that. And so like, in what way are you interested in more so acting in front of the camera, behind the camera, writing? Screenwriting. Yeah. Writing okay. is my is my thing. And I love to
0: get a camera, play around with it, you know, see where, where it takes me. But right now I'm working on a screenplay called Passage that I'm really excited about. So that's the new NIL
1: thing that I'm looking towards to get. We will be on the lookout. That's very exciting. Looking forward to that. And and I have to ask you this question because something that I've, I, I recognize from you, uh, just in our, our short time together is you are so grounded. You're very <laughs> grounded. Um, I can tell that you're rooted in your family values. How did that come about and why is that so important to you? I appreciate that.
0: Um, it's just, it's, it's hard to like put a specific moment on it, but like, everyone like calls up my family, like the Jackson five. And like, we, we went on like, we went on soccer occasions, we went on football occasions, baseball occasions. And we spent that much time in that minivan driving down the 405. It it becomes like who you are, all you know. And it's just, it's so precious. Like I've never laughed as much and as hard with my family than with anyone else. Like I've never visited the types of places that we've done. And like all those experiences bundled up. I think that like, listening to the little my mom's an educator and my my dad got his uh master's in finance here so i i got some some two different types of folks filling my brain with all this good stuff so it's just that's always what we've been about and it's something that i always pride in myself like and even when i i'd always hop from school to school like because we're all four years apart and I'd go to the new, the new school that my brother just left, and he and I'd be like, they'd be like oh, your brother's amazing. They did, he did this. He leaves a smile behind when he does this. And I loved so much hearing that from my older brother. And they expected the same of me, of course. So I did the same. Four years later, my little brother comes to the school. Oh, your sister's amazing. So I, I, I always appreciated that, like what my sibling left behind for me that I want to leave behind for my younger brother. So
1: I think that's, just something that
0: we all do. And it's, it's an eight.
1: Speaking of leaving behind, a hey, your family, the Jackson five, we'll just refer to them as such. <laughs> you are long from the end of your career, unless you, you want to be right. That would be your choice. But what do you want USC to remember about number 80?
0: Oh, man, that's a great question. I think that it, it's nothing really soccer or statistic related. I think it's just, you you talked to Simone, number 80 and, and you left a smile and and positive energy like i am very big on like you can feel it on me before you speak to me and i think that that unspoken i guess good juju is is something that uh, i'd love to leave behind
1: with the people that have interacted with me well you've definitely done that here You have done that here. We talked so much about your accomplishments, um, but you've had your fair share of adversity as well, from injury to other setbacks. I'm sure there's been some doubters to even being cut from the national team at the age of 15, which you bounced back from like a pro. Talk about that experience and what it took for you to overcome that moment in your career, in your life.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know it sounds so crazy to to say, oh, like, that 15-year-old cut hurt a lot. Like, you could ask my mom, like, I was, like, it, you're so young, and you're like, oh, you're so, this, 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 but it mattered so much to me. Like, I and I lean towards the perfectionist side, so when I was kind of, I was like, what? Like, ah, like, I can't even imagine, but I think that that fire and fuel that it gave me is, like, so irreplaceable, and I feel like the same injury, like, it gives you that, Fire and feel, and then you start to look at it and you start to appreciate the sport even more than you did and that like feeling that you get to re-attack it is is the best thing i feel like for athletes especially when i was kind of i was second of last in my technical testing score second of last and i was included goalkeepers which is like what how do you rank below them right <laughs> so i came back the next year and i was in my backyard just testing the test like i was doing the craziest of things and I was ranked eight the next time, but, and it was like a big jump. Cause there's like 40 something girls. So that wow. was, that was a big like Testament to, I guess my youth national team story. And uh, in terms of injury, like sucks, but unfortunately it happens to the best of us. Uh, and I had hurt my knee. I never had like a real long ish term injury until like this month and a half, two month experience, this college, past college season. And it was right in the, the great part of season. Like it was terrible timing. It actually like allowed me to get into my studies even more. And, I, and I'm and i actually like reaping the fruits of what I did last semester. I got into the Marshall honors research seminar and we're going to Indonesia this spring break. Come on. So, uh. so that, that, That sent back actually, you know, propelled me to to get into different types of research. And uh, athletically, I am, like, so much more diligent in certain things that I, like, it's like, oh, you just go out and you you play. And (laughs) now I'm, like, I have routines that that I've developed. And I'm looking at the little things with so much more gratitude. So it's just, it's. It's all for the better, really.
1: Yeah, it's. I'm so happy you you spoke to that, and you spoke about your honest feelings about being cut from the 15U team, and the experiences that you had, and how you took those feelings and you channeled right. that frustration, the emotions, you know, all the questions. Uh, it's beautiful because adversity is inevitable, and like you said, it happens to everybody. It just comes in different shapes and form, and it's so important for us to be refined and not defined by that adversity because it can harden us it can scare us it can discourage us but we want to be refined by those moments and to know that that only made you even better even speaking to this past season where you said you had a moment in your in your season where you just you weren't healthy and things weren't going well for you but you took that moment and you pivoted and now you're a part of the national honors just multifaceted faceted in so many Different ways because of all of those experiences. Are there any other projects or passions that you're excited about, or initiatives? You're just so multifaceted. Would love to hear b- more about those.
0: I actually like the where the Passage screenplay story stand. I I was accepted into a May master, which is basically a month in May where you travel and you learn in a certain city. So I chose New Orleans because that's where uh, my grandparent is from. And I just was really just wanted to go and, and dig into the culture and food and just be a regular student for them. Like, <laughs> let's go. So that's where that massage story stemmed because my professor was speaking about, I guess, the relationship between a white slave owner and a free woman of color. And I was, but it was through his point of view. So I was like, wait, 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 slow down. I want to, I want to dive in and research more about the woman's point of view. And And that's kind of where. My story and my screenplay idea started. So I'm so grateful that I, you know, said yes, packed up the bags and went. Um, and I'm also part of the Global Leadership Program. I went to Thailand for to study international business for a couple weeks. And we also did a Cuba trip, which was so enlightening, figuring out like trade relationships between the U.S. and Cuba. So I, I love my business program. Um, they have so many opportunities and resources that I've been afforded in could take advantage of. But those are just,
1: to name a few, um, those are some great opportunities. You do so much, <laughs> <I> w- <laughs> you do so much and you handle it beautifully. What are some of your greatest takeaways or greatest lessons from being, from traveling the world and seeing all the things that you've seen?
0: Oh, such a good one. And I, I I come back with something different each time I go, but I think that it just broadens perspective at the end of the day like the world is so much bigger than than the three mile radius that i usually occupy and like it allows me to take a step back and re-enter and then you start to see different things and and tweak certain things that you may think or you may do or you may automatically reply and certain habits if you realize that there's not just one way of a lifestyle like who said that we gotta run around crazy all the time like doing stuff like this because i could tell you right now In France, that's not always what they're doing, you know, so it's just, it's it's realizing that there's not just one way to do something. And I think that that's shaped how I view certain problems that I approach, especially in in the business program. So it's like, what, how can I get creative and solve this
1: for more efficiency? Not many student athletes, students in general, get to take these experiences abroad, how are you able to do this as a, stu- a full-time student athlete brand ambassador business owner we'll go ahead and call it that um, how are you able to do that
0: my teammates ask me this all the time and i'm just like guys it's in the fine print it's in the fine print. like if you choose it a- i get so passionate about this because i always get people that like i'm the busiest person that i know like i will tell you that firsthand but if i can find a way to to maneuver some things around or like Steal a week or, or two here and there like then i'm so confident that other people can as well as a, as a student athlete i think that a lot of people don't know like whatever class if you're on scholarship that you take the university has to fund so like okay like let me let me look at this course schedule like there's there's a class here let's go it fulfills the requirement let's do it let's get that ge out there um and i apply and i keep applying and i apply again and Uh, People love student-athletes, especially multifaceted ones, and people love people that are just so passionate about something that, like, they can't contain it, and I always tell my teammates, like, look, like, put yourself up there, you never know, Um, and there's always, like, right when we graduate, like, you'll find, like, there's time off for the summer, and you can go take those two weeks, or you, like, our trip is over spring break, and you're mandated to give the student-athlete spring break off, so, The trips are usually in the perfect places where like break is enforced. So I I find like, if you look
1: ahead and I'm a big planner, uh, then then you can really make it work for yourself. You do so many different amazing things. So many different amazing things. You talked about being organized. How do you stay organized? Do you have a (laughs) team? Is there some new app that I'm just not aware of? (laughs) How, How do you keep everything together? I have a,
0: I just, I don't even know how to try. I don't have a team, I will say. It's just me, myself, and I. Uh, but I do have my mom that I like consistently call like, oh my God, what do I do? Shout so out she's, to mama. <laughs> yeah, she's my, my voice of reason and I will definitely bounce back things off of her. Um, I have a killer email response time uh, and I have a a uh, planner, that gets used sometimes and doesn't get used other times, but I I show myself grace either way. Um, so that's pretty much me. And then I have like, just a relatively okay memory that I just, am like, I have a feeling I have something today. So I must have something today.
1: <laughs> Great habit to have. And uh, we can talk more about email response time. I thought I was good, but getting your emails, like you are on point, okay? <laughs> You're on point. Something we talk about regularly on About Time is just how women can be multifaceted, but there's a number of us, of women, who who question their ability to, to be a mom and be a, a great mm-hmm. professional. They feel like if they are great in one area, they'll lack in another. For that student athlete that wants to be exceptional at their sport, but they also wanna prepare for the road ahead, what is something that you would like to say to them?
0: Man, uh, that is that is so true, and I I sometimes like hear like that voice in the back of my head telling me do that at the same time. But to them, I'd say just try it. I mean, like you never know until you try. And I feel like I hate when people say no before they've exhausted all other possible outcomes. So I think that to those that are trying to either enter motherhood or trying to be that multifaceted person or student or athlete whatever it is I'd say that your potential is what you're chasing not necessarily being the perfect whatever um I feel like even if you fail you were vulnerable you were vulnerable in the process and you can look up like out from the other side and be like wow like I'm so proud of myself that I attempted that so, like a lot of times i I fail and I fail tremendously. But it's not it's not like, oh, darn, that's never the feeling. I'm like, wow, like I was so scared to to take that step and I did it. Everything's possible though. and I just keep and you keep and you keep and you keep. And I think that's
1: that's the real reward. Your potential is what you're chasing, not perfection. This is a segment in the show where we go into our rapid fire questions. I would love to ask you a series of questions and I'm going to tell you right now questions that we've somewhat discussed and some that are from left field. Now, here's the thing. You'll only have five seconds to respond to each of these. Are you up for it? (laughs) I'm ready. A little bit of pressure, just a little bit. So you recently went to Beyonce's Renaissance Tour. Yes. Favorite B song? Flaws
0: and all. That was really Oh, that's
1: a good one. You gotta have a really best. All right. <laughs> best athlete in the Jackson household.
0: Me. I, I'm sorry. Unapologetically. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. I love it. I love I'm it. Sorry. <laughs> Something that most don't know about you. I can't cook. You can't cook? Can't cook. We got no, you, I'm girl. We'll talk about that all- off. We'll talk about that a little later. I got you. I got you. There's an app somewhere. The (laughs) biggest soccer ick.
0: People that like have their nails so long that they scratch me. I It is the biggest ick.
1: That came to you so fast. (laughs) I'm a victim. (laughs) All right. If you were not playing soccer, what would you be doing?
0: I'd be playing tennis. I played tennis up till I was in high school. I was like varsity. My mom would be to be Serena. It was a whole thing. And then I was like, sorry, mom, like soccer, it is
1: that <laughs> story from beginning to end. That is my story as well. We'll talk about and that later. Of, Something actually, about yourself that you are very proud of.
0: The fact that I am in a joint degree and still in and writing and
1: screenwriting. So the fact that I'm I'm doing the most courses ever. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, a message for the little girl listening in. We are here for you. Ah, So concise, so warm, and so sweet. Just like you, Simone, this conversation was so fun and uplifting. Thank you so much for joining us on About Time, Simone. Thank you so much for having us. This is beautiful. Hi, About Time listeners. I'm Maria Lopez from Team WeCoach. A key priority for WeCoach is providing support resources to women coaches of color and increasing representation. For the second straight year, we have partnered with all MSIs and HBCUs in the country to provide over 900 women coaches access to our year-round programs. Throughout February, we are celebrating Black History Month and we welcome you to join us on February 27th for we amplify. Supporting women coaches of color where we will have an intimate conversation on how to empower advocacy. You can learn more about all upcoming WeCoach programs at wecoachsports.org. Well, that's our show. Thank you for listening. If you want to hear more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and to our YouTube channel. We'll see you next time.